to talk to you today about what follows you giving your heart to Christ, and that is water baptism. I want to talk to you about the power of water baptism today. Reminds me of the story, speaking of water, about a rabbi, a priest, and a preacher. And they were in a boat together, and they pushed out from shore, and they'd been out just a little while, and all of a sudden, the rabbi, he just says, you know what, I'm hungry. And he sees on the beach, he sees this little hut that's serving food. He says, you know what, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go back, and uh, I, I'm going to go get some food. So he just, he just gets out of the boat. He gets out of the boat, and he just walks right on the water. Boom! Grabs a sandwich he's eating, turns around, waves to his friends. Next thing you know, the priest thought to himself, you know what? I'm thirsty. He gets out of the boat, just walks right on the water, goes to the beach, sits with the rabbi. He gets something to drink. He's drinking some. The rabbi's eating something. There you go. They wave to their preacher friend. The preacher thought, you know what? I'm hungry and I'm thirsty. I'm going to get out and I'm going to walk. So the preacher gets out and said, all right, here we go. Gets out, immediately begins to sink and almost begins to drown. The priest turns to the rabbi and says, you know what? <clears throat> Maybe we should have told the preacher where the rocks were that we walked on. Come on, somebody. Come on, somebody. You know that's good. You know that's good. All right, everybody say water. Baptism. Now, the word baptized, you know when you... Of course, I read my Bible in English. Some of our folks are getting Spanish translation right now. But as I read the word, the word in the New Testament, baptism, it's actually translated from the Greek word, similar. It sounds similar. Here it is, baptizo, baptizo. So when you, if you're reading your Bible in English and you see the word baptism, it's from the Greek word in the Greek New Testament, Baptizo. And let me tell you what the word baptizo means. Watch this. It literally means, here it is, to be immersed or to submerge. Hence, the series is called Immerse. Why? Because we're talking about actually not one but three baptisms. We're talking about what it means to be baptized into Christ when you give your heart to Jesus, to be placed in him. This week we're talking about what it means to be baptized in water, immersed in water. By the way, next week, don't miss next week, I'm going to be teaching and I'm going to talk to you about what it means to be immersed in the Holy Spirit. Baptized in Christ, baptized in water, and baptized in the Holy Spirit. By the way, we need all three. We need all three experiences. Water baptism is something that we see pictures in the Old Testament. We see water experiences. These water moments, whether it's the children of Israel coming through the Red Sea or, again, coming through the Jordan River into the Promised Land. What I found is in the Old Testament, there are pictures of what took place in the New Testament, but something happened. Something supernatural happens in these moments where someone, quote, passes through the water. By the way, the same thing is true of water baptism. It's not just symbolic, but something substantive happens in your life. Now, water baptism is so powerful, and I love the fact that all three of these experiences are actually found in one verse. Let me read it again, the theme verse for our series called Immerse. Let me give it 1 John chapter 5, verse 8. I love this. It's all right here, all three experiences. 1 John chapter 5, verse 8. And there are three. There are three that bear witness on earth. Number one, the spirit. Number two, the water. And number three, the blood. And these three 
all agree as one. Repeat after me. Repeat after me. Say baptism in Christ. Say baptism in water. Everyone say baptism in the Holy Spirit. Today I want to talk to you about the second one. What happens to you when you are baptized in water? The power of water baptism. Now I want to say this to those of you that maybe have been water baptized before. Some of you have never been water baptized. And I hope that after this message that you'll follow the Lord in believer's baptism. But some of you maybe have been water baptized and you've ever never really understood the significance and the power of, quote, being water baptized. So let me give you some clarity here. What is water baptism? It's an ordinance we find in the New Testament, and it's designed to, first, it's designed to be the first act after giving your heart to Jesus. It's, it's like the first thing you do. You give your heart to Christ, you need to be water baptized. By the way, there are two what we would call ordinances, some would call sacraments, in the New Testament, number one is baptism. Number two is communion. I think that we can all lose sight of the significance. We just go through the ritual. I'm taking communion. Here it is. All right, there's a little juice and there's a... And, and, and the reality is something supernatural will happen when you take communion if you release your faith and you believe actually what's going on. The same is true with water baptism. If you understand scripturally what is actually happening when you're water baptized, here's what I found. On the other side of baptism, there's always something supernatural that takes place. So it's an ordinance in the New Testament. Number one, when you are water baptized, you identify with the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Christ. But number two, you identify with the family of God. I remember when I got water baptized, I, I gave my heart to Christ right when I was turning 19 years old. I was a freshman at Tulane University. Many of you heard my, my story. I'll often, two or three times during the year, share it. And so I was so excited, gave my heart to Christ. I'm on fire for Jesus. And, and a friend of mine, Vince, followed the Lord, gave his heart to Christ. You know, he, he was like, man, I'm saved too. And so probably a couple months after me, and we were just on fire for God. It was so much fun. And so we, we heard about getting water baptized at church. And so we thought to ourselves, we're going to do this. So we invited some friends that were not Christians. Or let me say, they may say they're Christians, but they weren't following Jesus. Can I say it that way? They may have technically said, oh, yeah, I believe that. But they weren't, they weren't following Jesus. And so I remember we brought them. And it's, it's on a Sunday night, 6 o'clock. And I was so excited. And we lined up. You know, and the preacher asked us some questions. Do you know who Jesus is? Do you confess him as your Lord and Savior? So... So I went in and, you know, it was, it was a little bit of an antiquated kind of baptismal thing that they had. And, it, 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 and I remember the guy, he didn't give me any instructions. He says, except hold your nose. And so that was it. So I went back. And so when I went back and got water baptized, my friends are out there watching. It was a real powerful moment. When I went back, I went back and I didn't bend my knees at all. I just, I went back and my legs actually went straight up. Somebody took a picture of me with my feet in the air, by the way. I guess they've never been baptized, you know. No, I'm just joking. So it was very embarrassing, but, but I'm going to tell you something. I remember coming out, you know, I'm just like, yeah. Something happened in me after I was water baptized. Watch this. And something happened with my friends, how they saw me. There is a super 
supernatural dynamic that takes place in your heart when you understand the power of water baptism. The power of water baptism. So, what does water baptism do? Let me give you three scriptures up front. Number one, water baptism connects us with the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Colossians chapter 2, verse 12. In other words, what's happened spiritually in you is now being publicly demonstrated through you as you submit to the baptismal waters. Colossians chapter 2, verse 12, having been buried with him in baptism, in which you were also raised with him through your faith and the working of God who raised him from the dead. In other words, when I get water baptized, I am publicly identifying with the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Christ. I'm saying to the world, I belong to Christ. I'm not ashamed of that. When you get water baptized, it is a public declaration that you belong to Christ. Number two, the second thing water baptism does is that the Bible says it clears our conscience. That's important. I'm going to explain that. 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 21. There is also an antitype which now saves us. Baptism. Whoa. That's going to be very important. Part three of my message today. Baptism saves us. Stay with me. Not the removal of the filth of the flesh, but the answer of a good conscience toward God. So there's something about submitting to water baptism and my conscience that are connected. Through the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Number one, water baptism connects us with the death the bear on the resurrection of Christ. Number two, water baptism somehow, and I'm going to explain this. Somehow you may say, well, how does this connect? Somehow it clears our conscience, where we have a clear conscience before God and man. Number three, water baptism publicly identifies us with God's spiritual family. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 13. For by one spirit we were all baptized into one body whether Jew or Greek, whether slave or free, and have all been made to drink into one spirit. Three things. Number one, when you're water baptized, you identify with the death, burial, and resurrection of Christ. You publicly declare that you belong to Jesus. Number two, it empowers you and cleanses, or let me say it this way, not cleanses, but clears your conscience as you are identifying with Christ and with his family, something happens in your conscience. I'm going to teach you on that in just a moment. And then number three, you publicly, and this is why it's so powerful, you publicly, you know, spiritually, and I want to qualify, when you give your heart to Jesus, God the Father places you in the body of Christ, spiritually speaking, but when you get water baptized, you personally identify publicly with the body of Christ. This is important. I'm going to say it again. When you give your heart to Christ, God the Father places you into his family. But when you get water baptized, you publicly demonstrate to the world that you are part of the family of God. I have had the privilege of preaching all over the world um, different nations, and I remember as a young man in my early 20s, uh, I went to Asia three times. I've been six or seven times since then, actually three or four more, so about six or seven total times in my life. China, Malaysia, the Philippines, Indonesia, 
uh, all, all, Malaysia, all over the place. Just about the, most of the larger countries in Asia. And I remember, I'll never forget, going to Malaysia one time. It's interesting, there's three people groups in Malaysia. Number one, there's the Tamil Indians and they're Hindus. Number two, there are the Malay people, the Malay people that were indigenous to that nation. They are Islamic. And then they have the Chinese people there, primarily are Buddhist. Now, each one of the groups can, quote, give their hearts to Christ, and though a fourth religious group would be Christians that would be representative of each one of the groups. All right? And I remember talking, I, I preached in a Tamil Indian church one time. So they were previous Hindus that had given their hearts to Christ. And I remember having a conversation with them, and they, they would speak English and then their own dialect as well. And I remember talking to them, and it was a fascinating conversation, because in the conversation, here's what they said. They said, Steve, as former Hindus, we could give our hearts to Christ all day long. Matter of fact, you, you see in some of these nations, some of you guys, maybe you would see these you know, big crusades like a Billy Graham over the years or a Reinhardt Bunke or these, these famous evangelists. You know, they'd go into India and you'd see soccer stadiums, you know, 100,000 people, you know, and people responding to Christ. And, and I'm sure all of you have probably seen it by way of film or in a book or online. And, and here's what they said. This was fascinating to me. They said, people, you know, we could give our hearts to Christ all day long. But it wasn't until we were water baptized. When we were water baptized, our families, listen to this, our Hindu family would actually have a funeral service and would consider us dead to the family after being water baptized. Don't tell me there's not power in being water baptized. By the way, Pastor Randy Craighead here at our Little Creek campus, he and Diane were missionaries in Russia, 1990 to 1995, right after the wall uh, fall fell. And, of course, Russia opened up, and there was many missionaries that went in there. They played in one of the first churches in, in Russia, Moscow Christian Center. I had like 1,500 people the first day, then another couple. And I remember Pastor Randy telling me, this is the power of water baptism, that they would have these, these, these people in the woods that, you know, secret Bible studies prior to the wall falling. They always had the Orthodox Church, but, but, but the KGB was very suspect of any evangelical movement that was taking place, particularly prior to the fall. And then even afterwards, they would observe them. And here's what he said. He said, you'd have these believers doing Bible studies, you know, in the, in the countryside and different places. But when they would go down to the river or lakes and these young Russian believers would get water baptized, often the KGB would be there and arrest them and send them to Siberia. Don't tell me there's not power in water baptism. And part of the reason why is you're publicly, everybody say publicly. You're publicly identifying not only with Christ, but you're publicly identifying with the body of Christ. You ever hear this statement? I hear it all the time, by the way, particularly in America. You hear it all the time. Well, my faith is personal. Well, it may be personal, but according to the Bible, your faith's not private. There is no such thing as a Christian faith that's not public. Number one, publicly submitting to the baptismal waters. This little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. This, are y'all with me? I'm just getting you warmed up for vacation Bible school, by the way. 
Water baptism is publicly. Everybody say publicly. You're publicly identifying with Christ and with God's family. I want to talk to you now about the who of water baptism. I want to talk to you about the how of water baptism. And then I want to end up talking about the why of water baptism. I'm going to answer some questions. This is, I'm going to deal with some issues in this message that may be a little bit controversial based upon your upbringing, your background. And I think it's important because we're going to go to the Bible. I get a lot of questions as a pastor. I trust that the scripture will instruct you. Not my opinion. I'm going to open a Bible and show you what God's word says. Number one, who can be water baptized? Let me say it this way. Who, according to the Bible, should be water baptized? Peter says in Acts chapter 2, verse 38, Then Peter said to them, Repent. Everyone say repent. I'm answering the question of who. Who should be water baptized? Peter is very clear. This is the inaugural message in the New Testament church. By the way, this is Pentecost Sunday. Christians all over the world are celebrating the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. This is the day 2,000 years ago when Peter, when Peter stood up to preach. And he said, repent. Everyone say it. Repent. Repent. You turn from your sin. You turn from trusting in yourself as your own Savior. And you turn to God. You turn to Christ. Repent. And let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins. And you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. So, question I often get is this. Pastor Steve. I was water baptized as a baby. By the way, I was as well. I was water baptized as a baby, but now I've come to this newfound faith in Christ, and I'm on fire for God. And so my question, Pastor, is, you know, should I, I don't know, should I get like re, re-baptized? I mean, is that like, is that in the Bible? Should I do that? And so here's the question that I would ask them. All right, and I'm asking you, all of our locations, those that are watching online, this is very important, biblically speaking. According to the Bible, according to what we just read, and I'm going to give you some other verses, Peter said, repent. Everyone say, repent. repent. So when you were a baby and you were water baptized, prior to you, quote, being baptized, did you have the volitional capacity to exercise your will and repent? Yes or no? No. no. So second of all, not only did you have the volitional capacity to repent, but did you have the volitional capacity to believe that Jesus is the Son of God and died on the cross? The answer is what? No. So Peter is repent, believe, and be baptized. Repent and be baptized. So my question to you is, if you didn't have the capacity to repent prior to baptism, now here's my answer, and you have now come to faith in Christ, and there's a new fire in your heart for God, my statement to you would be, you need to be baptized right now. Because you didn't repent prior to being baptized as a baby. You now need, quote, to be baptized because you've just now repented of your sins and trusted Christ. Is that clear? Let me give you another one. Well, I was nine years old, Pastor, when I got baptized. I didn't really know what was going on. I mean, it was a hot tub. I jumped in. I got a free T-shirt. It was awesome. All my friends were doing it. <laughs> Should you be rebaptized? My answer to you is absolutely, because you didn't repent either. So whether you're a baby and your parents brought you, and by the way, by the way, by the way, all of our locations, we do believe in what's called baby dedication. What is that, Hannah? When she cried out to the Lord, Lord, give me a son, I'll give him back to you. So we do believe in baby dedication. 
where we give our kids to the Lord, dedicate, and we come up, all of our locations, and the pastors will come, and we speak a blessing over them. We dedicate those kids to God. But that child will still have to trust Christ as their personal Savior, and they will have to experience what the Bible calls believer's baptism. What does it mean, believer's baptism? It means prior to being baptized, you have to believe. You have to trust Christ. So I'm answering the question... Who should be baptized? And I would say to you clearly, according to the word, watch this, believers. Everyone say believers. Everyone say believe and be baptized. Even Jesus was baptized in water. Mark chapter 1, verse 9, it came to pass in those days that Jesus came from Nazareth to Galilee and was baptized by John in the Jordan River. That was his cousin. He submitted to the baptismal waters. Why? As a model for us. We follow the Lord in, belie in believer's baptism. All right? Even Jesus himself taught the Great Commission. He told his disciples one of the last things he told them. In Matthew chapter 28, here's what he said. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all the nations. There's the word. Let's say at the count of three. One, two, three. Baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Teaching them to observe all things I've commanded you. And lo, I'm with you always, even to the end of the age. So, who should be water baptized? Believers. Those that have trusted Christ. Number one, those that have repented. What does it mean to repent? It means to turn away from your sin. It's to receive what Christ has done on the cross to forgive you of your sins. Trust to Christ. So I repent, I trust Christ, believe, and then I'm baptized. So who should be baptized? Believers. We believe the Bible teaches at Church of the King in what's called believer's baptism. Number two. By the way, I want to say this. If you've trusted Christ and you've never been water baptized, we do it once a month around here. As a matter of fact, last weekend we just had water baptism. All you need to do, and we can give you some information is just text the word baptism to 822-822, right there. Just text the word baptism to 822-822. The information will come. By the way, let me tell you my prayer as your pastor and, and the pastor of Church of King is that we don't do it once a month, but there's so many people giving their hearts to Christ that we ought to go to weekly. Come on, how many of y'all believe that would be God's will? So many people are coming to Christ like, man, let's just get them in. All right, here it is. All right, so I'm answering, number one, the who should be water baptized. Number two, the how of water baptism. The how. We know who is believers. The how is actually implied within the word itself and then fleshed out in Scripture. The word baptism or baptize is the Greek word baptizo, and it means to be what? Immersed. Immersed. That's what it actually means. To be placed completely under the water. Pastor, why is that important? Because it's an identification with Christ. In what? His death, buried with him in baptism. You've been raised up. In the new, does that make sense? So, so if, how can you... It, going under the water is a picture physically of what's happened to you spiritually. You've identified with the death of Christ... The burial of Christ, ah, I'm not dead. How many you know Jesus is not dead? But the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead lives in us as believers and raises us up, what? Up from the dead by the power of his resurrection life on the inside of us. So, so, 
So we believe the Bible teaches believer's baptism and going underwater because that's the symbol and the identification of what Christ did. Death, burial, resurrection. The power, the power of this. By the way, Jesus himself went under the water. How do I know that? Mark chapter 1, verse 10. Immediately coming up from the water. He was under the water. John the baptism, he, he put him under the water and brought him up. He saw the heavens parting and the spirit descending upon him like a dove. Powerful. But by the way, I, um, I want to answer one other question. Well, Pastor Steve, I, I you know, gave my heart to Christ in college. I know I was saved. I believed in Jesus. I be, I'm a believer. And so my friends and I, just like me, we got water baptized. But I'm going to Israel, and I'd like to get rebaptized. Is that okay? Of course that is. That's a reaffirmation. That's fine. There's nothing wrong with that. Matter of fact, I, when we, I, I led three trips to Israel, and in 2009, I led a trip to Israel. And so I brought 40 people from Church of the King, and, and so we went to the Jordan River, and people want to get baptized. So I'm the pastor. I'm like, oh, yeah, I'll do it. And so we went down there, and so I, I got in that water. And I don't know how this happened, but because there's lots of church groups and different people that come, but somehow, I'm serious, somehow, like, like this other huge church group thought like I was the official baptizer. <laughs> I don't look like John. I've got blonde hair. I don't know where they got that from. I don't have a beard. Are, are y'all with me? I don't eat locusts and honey. I, I don't get any of this stuff. And so, and so, so like our group finished and like people, I'm like, I'm baptizing these other people. I wanted to say, like, this is not my job. But wait, but wait. Okay, so when we got back, some of the guys from the group, so they said, Pastor Steve, you were so cold in there. Because I was literally in the water for like three hours. And so they, this is a true story. They literally bought me a wetsuit for the next time I go. They said, Pastor, you were shivering so much, we just couldn't handle it. And we did so. So I'm not sure that's in the Bible but next time I go, I'm wearing it. All right, here we go. All right, okay. So is this helping anybody say? Okay, okay, watch this. This is so powerful. A powerful picture of who and how. Acts chapter 8, verse 35, right here. Then Philip opened his mouth, beginning at the scripture, and preached Jesus to him. Who? Philip, one of the first converts. He's full of power. He's an evangelist. He's preaching Christ. And there's an Ethiopian eunuch that he starts, he opens the scripture, he starts preaching Jesus to this guy. Out of the book of Isaiah, he starts preaching who Christ is. You need to trust in Christ. So the eunuch's heart is open and he gets saved. Watch what happens. This is so powerful. Then Philip opened his mouth and beginning at the scripture, preached Jesus to him. By the way, Jesus is all throughout the Old Testament, too. Just remember that. Now, as they prophetically, in Scripture, prophetically, pointing to Christ, pointing to Christ, pointing to Christ. Now, as they went down the road, they came to water. And the eunuch said, see, here is water. What hinders me from being baptized? Then Philip said, if you believe with all of your heart, pastor, who should get water baptized? Believers. Believers get water baptized. That's what the Bible says. See, here is water. What hinders me from being baptized? Philip said, if you believe with all your heart, you may. And he answered and said, I believe. 
I believe that Jesus is the Son of God. And so he commanded the chariot to stand still. And both Philip and the eunuch went down into the water, and he, what? Everybody say it. Baptized him. He baptized him. He put him under the water. So, Pastor, when should I get baptized? And how, how should I, who should get baptized? Believers. How should I get baptized? You should be placed under the water. By the way, as quick as you can, right after you got saved. Acts chapter 2, verse 41, the day of Pentecost. Peter's preaching. The Bible says they gladly received the word. They got born again. And the Bible then says, and then they were baptized. Believe and be baptized. Believe in Jesus and be water baptized. Believe and be baptized. It's interesting. I, uh, as a youth evangelist in the 90s, before Church of the King, that's what I did. I preached to teenagers. And oftentimes, after preaching to these kids, we'd have these big baptismal moments. And it's like revivals, services, you know, and these big evangelistic things. And all these teenagers would, you know, we'd have baptism. And these kids would get, you know, they're getting saved on Monday night at youth group and filled with the Holy Spirit. And, and on Thursday, big baptism. Declaring to the world they belong to. And so I, there's this lady, I was in... in uh, this Cajun area, and this lady came up to me, and she said, she called me pastor. I wasn't a pastor at the time. She goes, she goes, pastor, she said, listen, tonight little Timmy's going to get baptized. Listen, when you baptize him, I'm asking, can you hold him under the water longer? He's been real bad. So let me help everybody. The water does not cleanse you of your sin. The blood of Jesus does. How many are grateful for the blood of Christ? Come on in. But watch us. But watch us. But something powerful happens when you come up out of the water. So I want to finish my last point. I want every location and those that are watching online, I literally have about six minutes left. Listen to me. I want everybody to lean in to the most neglected part of baptism that, that people don't understand. The why. Who should be baptized? Believers. How should be baptized? Go under the water. Submerged. That's the word itself. Lean in to this last point. Right after Jesus was resurrected from the dead and he gives the great commission to his disciples. We read the great commission go into all the world. Actually in two places, Matthew 28, but there's another place in Mark chapter 16. Same great commission, but, but one was in the book of Matthew, one's in the book of Mark. Mark is interesting. Watch this. Mark chapter 16, verse 15. Great commission. Here it is. He tells his disciples, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He who believes and is baptized will be what? Everybody say it. Let me pause right there. There are whole denominations that are based upon that first part of the scripture, apparently they didn't read the second part. They'll say that you have to be water baptized to go to heaven. Well, I know that's not true because the thief on the cross, he wasn't water baptized, and I know he went to heaven. The question is, what does this mean? Well, the second part gives us more understanding. Let me read the first part again. Don't miss this. Go into all the world, preach the gospel to every creature. He who believes and is baptized will be saved, but he who does not, what? Say it. Believe will be what? Say it. 
It doesn't say he who is not baptized will be condemned. It's he who does not believe. So the first part is you got to believe and be baptized to be saved. But then the second part, he clarified it. If you don't believe, you'll be condemned eternally, separated from God when you die. But then why did he say baptism saves? Because it does. It doesn't save your soul, but it saves you from something. Ooh. Baptism saves. But it doesn't save your soul. It saves you from something. What does it save you from? I am so thrilled as a pastor when once a month we have baptism and I get to go in the commons area and, and see those baptismal tanks out. And let me tell you one of the most, thing, the most powerful things that warms my heart as a pastor. Can, can I tell you what it is? It's when you'll have a small group and they've all come to celebrate and to watch their small group person get water baptized. And somebody's filming, somebody's got the video, the other ones are cheering them on and, and, and then the person comes up out of the water and they may high five or hug one of the pastors and then they're coming down and their small group's cheering. And let, let me tell you why I am so thrilled as a pastor. Because when they walk out of those doors, guess what? I know they're not walking out alone. How many are grateful for the body of Christ? Come on, how many are grateful for the body of Christ? Listen to me, listen to me, listen to me. So baptism saves. The question is, what does it save? We know the blood of Christ saves our soul. We know Jesus and his blood, but baptism saves. What does it save from? Almost finished. Acts chapter 2. We get some more insight. Look at verse 38. Then Peter said, repent. Let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins. And you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Help me, pastor. Put it together. Okay, I know baptism doesn't save my soul. I know the thief on the cross, he wasn't water baptized. And I know he went to heaven, so it doesn't save my soul. But the scripture says it saves. What does it save? What does it say? Remember, Jesus looked at the guy on the cross. He said, today you'll be with me. He wasn't water baptized. He didn't go down. He didn't text the word baptism to 822-822. And I know he's in heaven. So it saves, but it doesn't save me from going. It doesn't save me in the sense of where I miss hell and make heaven. But it does save. Look at verse 40. And with many other words, he testified and exhorted them, saying, Oh, be saved from this perverse generation. Water baptism, listen to me. Water baptism doesn't save your soul, but water baptism saves you from this perverse generation. Why? Because when you're water baptized, you publicly identify not just with Christ, but with the family of God, with your brothers and sisters in God. And it's them that stand with you so that you'll not give in to the perversion in the culture around us. Baptism does save, but it saves you from the culture's effects. Let me give you one more scripture. I'm putting it all together. Stay with me. I'm putting it all together. I'm telling you. I'm telling you, you got to see the power of water baptism. Jesus saves, but baptism saves not from sin, but from the effects of culture. This is all going to make sense. Look at 1 Peter chapter 3. Remember that? Remember I said I'm going to bring it back? I'm bringing it back. 1 Peter 3. To those who were disobedient long ago, 
When God waited patiently in the days of Noah, while the ark was being built, in it, only a few people, eight in all, were saved. Saved from what? They were saved through what? Say it. Water. And this water symbolizes what? What's that next word? Baptism. And now serves you, and, and it now saves you also. There it is again. Baptism saves. It doesn't save your soul from hell, but it saves you from the corruption of the culture around you. Why? Because you have men and women of God in your life that know God. Watch this. Watch this. Not the removal of the dirt from the body, but the pledge of a clear conscience toward God and man. You're walking in unity with your small group. When you offend somebody, you ask for forgiveness. You stay in right relationship with God and your brothers and sisters. And they are the ones to save you from the effects when you start veering off path. When you start going back into that immoral relationship. When you start compromising your faith. Hey! Hey, man, you don't want to go there again. That's what happened to me. I thank God for the men in my life. I thank God for them. And it is, watch this, and it saves you with the resurrection of Jesus Christ. What is my point? When they went into that ark and the rain started coming. By the way, this is not my point. This is God's point in this verse. When they went in that ark, that was their small group. That was their friend. That kept them. And the waters came. Watch this. And the waters came and washed away the filth of the culture. Baptism doesn't save your soul, but it saves you from the filth of culture as you make yourself accountable to other men and women of God that can keep you on track. You got to see this. So what have I said today? There are three baptisms in the New Testament. One when you give your heart to Christ, you're baptized into Christ. You're placed in. Number two, you're baptized in water. That's your decision. And when you get baptized in water, <clears throat> you publicly identify with Christ, but you publicly identify with the body of Christ. I'm so grateful for the people that have been in my life. I'm so grateful that when I get off course, I'm so grateful that there's people. Question, is there anybody in your life? Are you still keeping the body of Christ at arm's length right here? Let me just tell you what happens. By the way, our culture currently, currently, it's like a frog in a kettle. You, you, know, you, you know, you boil a frog. You don't put a frog in when it's hot in the water. You got to just boil it. Boil. We live in a sexualized, perverted culture. Question, is there any men and women of God in your life? And by the way, perversion is not just sexual. It's, it's, it's idolatry. It's ungodly. Is there any people in your life, listen, that you identify with that can help keep you on track? That can help your thinking when it gets off course? That, can, that you can walk, that can pray with you. That can care for you. That can love you. That can, that, can, that can stand with you. In other words, when you get baptized, it's not just the water. It's your identifying with a new family and saying, I need your help. I'm grateful. I'm grateful. I'm grateful. I'm grateful to God, the people that have helped me. So if that doesn't make you want to get water baptized as a believer, that's all I got. I can't do better than that to help you. I really can. I'm trying to be funny, but I hope that you run to get baptized. But then I hope you run to spiritual family that will help you to stay strong. There's an old African proverb that says this. If you want to run fast, run alone. But if you want to run far, run with the herd.
I want to stay in love with Jesus in my 50s, in my 60s, in my 70s, in my 80s. Come on, 90s. And my, come on, are y'all with me? Did y'all receive that message today? Did that help anybody today? I'm going to ask everybody to bow their heads, all of our locations. If you do not know Christ, you're not sure about your relationship with Jesus, I'm going to pray for you. Literally, I've got one minute left. You say, Pastor, pray for me. I need Christ. I can't save you. Jesus saves your soul. I can point to the one who saves. And he loves you, and he died for you, and he cares for you. The Bible says, whoever calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. In just a moment, the count of three, all of our locations, and those that are online, I want you to let your online host know. If you're trusting Christ, in just a moment, I'm going to ask for a show of hands and say, Pastor, pray for me. I, I need the blood of Christ to wash me and cleanse me and to make me new. You know who you are. Throughout the whole message, you, you feel God's tugging. That's the Holy Spirit. God's Spirit is here right now. God's not mad at you. He cares about you. In just a moment, the kind of thing, I'm going to ask you to hold your hand up and say, Pastor, pray for me. I need Christ. I'm calling out to the Lord. Whoever calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. If that's you, the kind of thing, would you just lift your hand up high? I need Jesus. I need the blood of Christ to wash me, to cleanse me, and to make me new. If that's you, one, two, three. Quickly, hold your hand up high. God bless you right there, ma'am. God bless you. Anybody else? God bless you. God bless you in the back right there. Anybody else? God bless you, sir, and you, ma'am, and you as well. Anybody else? Pastor, pray for me. I need Christ. I'm not sure about my relationship with God. God bless you way up top right there. God bless you as well. Anybody else? God bless you. God bless you. God brought you here today. God brought you here today, sir. Anybody else? Pastor, pray for me. I need Christ. God bless you right there. God bless you, sir. Yeah. Church family, let's pray with those that are trusting Christ. Can we do that? This is the most important prayer that we can ever pray. And let's pray with them. This is a, this is a prayer of decision. It's a, where we're making a decision to follow Jesus, to receive, to submit our hearts to Christ. Let's pray with them. Can we do that? Say, dear Jesus, I come to you today. A sinner in need of a Savior. Say, Jesus, I repent of my sin. I let go of my past, and I turn to you. I turn to the cross. Say this. Say, Jesus, wash me with your blood. Give me a new heart, a new life, a new reason to live. Say this last thing. Say, Jesus, I take my life, and I put it in your hands. Let me pray. Father, I thank you for the sealing work of the Holy Spirit, the word of the living God, taking root deep in the hearts of your people. But what an amazing message. And hey, if you're out there right now and you feel like God's speaking to you, maybe he's stirring up some things in your heart, some things that he wants to deal with. Maybe you need to talk to somebody or maybe you need someone to join together with you in prayer. Either way, we have an amazing team of online hosts who would be honored to connect with you and walk alongside you in this journey to pray with you, to talk with you, to support you as your church family. You don't have to go through life alone. Yes, and if you're giving your life to Jesus right now, I just wanna give you a big congratulations. You were set free, you were made new, you were forgiven and loved, and we can't wait to walk alongside you as you start your new journey of following Jesus. And if you're watching this live, there's gonna be some information on the screen or in the chat room right now where you can give us a little bit more information about yourself and we'll point you towards some resources that'll help you as you start this journey. And hey, maybe you're out there and you've been following Jesus for a while and now you're finding yourself asking the question, 
how can I give back? How can I serve God by serving his people? Well, we have a great opportunity for you. Can I encourage you to consider joining our online host dream team? You can do that by going through Next Steps, our Next Steps courses, which are on demand right now, anytime that fits your schedule, and joining that team. We would love to have you as part of our dream team, helping to serve God's people. Yes, and we cannot wait to see how God uses you as you take this next step. And we can't wait to see you next week. Same time. Same place. We love you guys. Have an amazing week.